Blog Talk Radio. I 
traveling down memory lane But without all of those that I loved and lost Life is not the same For all the good times I can recall To all I've loved God bless you all The happiest moments That I'll ever know Were once upon A long time ago Jesse Goldberg for that song, and we play it uh, every show, but uh, we use this song because it takes us back to our memories of Eastern Airlines, and so we have our own words for that song, and they go like this, once there was a great silver fleet, mail planes, silver planes, and airplane seats, a house full of love, a great place to grow old, once upon a long time ago. If only I could go back again to Eastern Airlines and all of my friends, I would feel safe with the people I know once upon a long time ago. I'll never fly off to Neverland. I'll never travel in time. All I can do is the best I can and go there in my mind. So I close my eyes, imagine I'm there, Eastern Airlines and people who care, hot summer nights and the cold winter snow from once upon a long time ago. I smile as I look back at all the roads I crossed, traveling down memory lane, but without all those that I've loved and lost, life is not the same. For all the Eastern good times I can recall, to all I've loved, God bless you all. The happiest moment that I'll ever know was Eastern once upon a long time ago. Well, that's our thoughts with that song, uh, with Eastern kind of transposed into the lyrics, the beautiful lyrics that Jesse Goldberg wrote in the song that you heard him sing. Well, welcome. Well, welcome to open mic time and the Eastern Airlines Radio Hour. We have some uh, guest hosts on our show today and I think you'll find it interesting. I want to go up to New York and Long Island and turn the microphone on for Mike Scott, Captain Mike Scott, who was with Eastern and flew uh, airplanes around the world. Hello, Mike. How are you and how was your weekend? Oh, pretty good weekend, Captain Neil, and uh, wanted to say hello to all of the listeners and hosts. And we got a nice day up here, crystal clear, a little on the humid side, going to be about 80 degrees. Ah. And uh, that's what we got. Sounds like Florida almost, right? Uh, let's see. Yeah. We got Mike, uh, Mark Porter. Mark, thanks for uh, coming on board today, and uh, we're going to hear a little bit later uh, a little bit about what's going on with. Eastern Airlines, the new Eastern Airlines. Hello, Mark. Hi. How's it going there, Neil? Yeah. Do it, um, do it, do it fine. How's, it, uh, how's the weather down in Miami or sunny Florida, South it, Florida? It's, it is hot and muggy, and <laughs> the love bugs are slowly coming back out, too. I never understood those things. They just are attached to the hip. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've, I've thought. They love to make mustaches on white cars as you travel I-95 up and down 95. Yes. <laughs> Terrible. Because that's what they look like after you've driven, I don't know, 10 miles maybe, running through uh, the thick uh, population of love bur- uh, bugs. 
But uh, yeah. at any rate, we, yeah, we've got area code 253. Who might that be? Hello, area 253. Oh. Must be just a listener. Well, at any rate, uh, uh, I've, we had a great show last week, and uh, we had a lot of uh, comments that were uh, sent in via Facebook that I copied and we read. Uh, about what people were doing at 9-11. Just two days ago, we celebrated, I guess it's called, what, Patriot Day now, you guys? Is that what we call Patriot Day? It would be a good name. Well, it seems like to me I've seen it somewhere because in our neighborhood, we've got about, oh, an eighth of a mile drive back into our subdivision. And um, they line it with all the holidays and with American flags about on both sides of the road about oh maybe 10 yards each flag so mm-hmm. as you drive through you're driving through a, um, a tube of uh, American flags and so it's beautiful it really is beautiful yeah. and so they did that uh, this past weekend to put the flags up Friday they uh, were there Friday Saturday Sunday and I noticed today going out this morning that they're taking them down, but they it's a wonderful way to uh, remember uh, what happened yeah. 20 years ago. Um, any uh, any thoughts that you guys want to share uh, about 9-11? Um, Mark, you were on the show last well, week, weren't you? Uh, I, I'm always struck by the fact that it takes a crisis to bring Americans together. And I've seen it yeah. various times, you know, Vietnam, stuff like that. So, and it, it's just a shame that it takes a crisis to bring the good in the human beings that are the 330 million of us out. I mean, yeah. it's there all the time. Why can't we just tap into it and put the politics aside? We were talking about this in church. And just, just put all the Republican and Democrat and all that stuff aside and just love each other Americans as human beings, no matter where we come from, because we're all immigrants here, except for the Native Americans. Well said, Mike, uh, Mark. Um, yeah. That, yeah, very good thoughts. Mark, or Mike, I got Mike yeah, and Mark. I know I'm going to have trouble uh, with that today. <laughs> like, like Mark said, uh, it takes a crisis, uh, 9-11, uh, when it first happened. Uh, there wasn't a, a flag store that you could buy an American flag, and they were all out. It was every every home, every car, everybody had American flags out. And, of course, my flags went out on that day. I have about four of them. Uh, I have a big, huge one in my kitchen window. And when they fade out, I replace them. And they've all been out ever since. They've been since for 20 years. They've been in my windows. They haven't left. And I looked out the window the other day and drove around and picked up my mail in my neighborhood. There's 300 units where I live here in the condo area. And I counted about 25 flags out of 300 units. Yeah. So it's a strange thing yeah. how soon we forget. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, you know, I was maybe... just looking on my, like you mentioned before, I was looking on my military calendar here that I have on the desk, and it is on the... On the 11th, it does say Patriot State uh, printed right on it. Yeah. Well, good. That's a that's a great uh, yeah uh, name for uh, 9/11 because most of us just refer to it as 9/11. But yeah. you know, we had over 200 responses from people from all airlines, general aviation and military, that made a comment when. I posed the question on our radio show website and sent out to other uh, Facebook uh, that uh, Facebook uh, pages that uh, I uh, broadcast uh, our show on, and uh, over 200 responses, and I'm still getting them in. I got about 10 today. So we read about, golly, I think about 30, 30 of them last week, and uh, but they all say the same thing about where they were and what their thoughts were. and um, it, it, it's, it was uh, quite a day uh, to Certainly remember. Was. Yeah. 
So it'll be there for the rest of our lives for sure, and hopefully it'll be there for those that follow. Yep. Um, and we we won't forget that. Um, before we listen to Mark, and Mark's going to tell us about what's happening over at the New Eastern Airlines, I want to share a song with you because this is a music history and talk show. So I'm going to play a song right about now and see if I can uh, figure out which one I want to play first. But uh, let's, let's, let's do this one. This was back in the 1980s. Been a lifetime looking for you. Single bars and good time lovers were never true. Playing a fool's game, hoping to win, and telling those sweet lies and losing again. I was looking for love in all the wrong places Looking for love in too many faces Searching their eyes, looking for traces of what I'm dreaming of Hoping to find a friend and a lover I'll bless the day I discover another heart Looking for love I was alone then, no love in sight I did everything I could to get me through the night I don't know where it started or where it might end I turned to a stranger just like a friend Cause I was looking for love in all the wrong places Looking for love in too many faces Searching their eyes, looking for traces of what I'm dreaming of Hoping to find a friend and a lover I'll bless the day I discover another heart Looking for love heart's door, get everything I've been looking for, there's no more looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for love in too many faces, searching their eyes, looking for traces of what Serbia from the Republic of Tanzania, 
who joined us last week in our show, uh, one of the listeners around the world. So we're going to tell you a little bit about uh, Eastern Airlines. Well, first of all, there's version 1.1, 1.0, I should say, 1.0, and that started in 1928 and went all the way through 1991, I believe, uh, when uh, it folded its wings and was no longer. But shortly after that, a fellow named Ed Weagle picked it up with some investors and started version 2.0. And that didn't last too long. It lasted for about, oh, I think about two years, as I can recall. And it looked like uh, it was off to a good start, but things didn't work out uh, uh, to keep it in the air. And then version 3.0 came along, and that's what Mark's going to tell us about today, about 3.0, what's happening. And tell us uh, how 3.0 started, if you can remember that, Mark, and, and then tell us what's going on. It's all yours, Mark. Yeah. Um, East, uh, Eastern started originally as Dynamic Airways. And uh, the Woolley family, especially John Woolley, the brother of Ken Woolley, um, wanted the Eastern name to be saved. So Swift Airlines went in and bought the Eastern assets that were Eastern 2.0, which are not much. And the main thing that the Woolley family wanted there was the Eastern name. Um, and they began putting that quickly on these planes that were poorly painted. And it really looked like a shanty town at the beginning. But um, of course the paint aircraft uh, is rather expensive and you have to figure out what, scheme you want to go on the aircraft and where your maintenance facilities are. And uh, so um, Eastern chose this uh, group down in Peru to the aircraft. Well, since then I've learned that um, the group in, in Peru, when they do the maintenance on the Eastern aircraft, the paint job is free. So I was like, well, that's a big saving. So uh, they were making out like a, a bandit there. But, of course, the, the hangar that they have in Peru, the tail still sticks out of the 767. So it's barely barely big enough. It's, it's more like for 737. Um, so I said, well, Eastern really needs their own facilities here in the United States. But, of course, that does take a long time to begin to look for good deals on maintenance facilities and and decide which way you wanted to go for your fleet. Well, Woolley's been acting behind the scenes and building a slow airline empire. He um, went and got uh, the, the 10 767s and they've asked for, uh, they've requested to expand to 18 767s and seven. Seven seven of a fleet, which doesn't sound like like too much, but when you're flying uh, two days a week to a destination or three, you have one aircraft for at least two destinations. Well, then he goes over to Crete and buys two airways, and the other owner of the the airline in Crete, also who was the ex owner of El Al, the Israeli airline, has a huge maintenance facility in Israel. So now we're going to begin to look at uh, different maintenance facilities. And then last week, Eastern went out and bought 35 777 aircraft, 700s, and I mean wow. 200s and 300s. Mm -hmm. So they will be the second largest 777 cargo operator in the world behind FedEx. And this is for e-commerce, light packages, but they can get get it to you on time. And I expect companies like um, FedEx and UPS and everything will hire out Eastern aircraft when they don't have enough. I think this mm -hmm. is the game plan, which is rather smart. Mm -hmm. And Wooly doesn't stop there. He goes out and he acquires the newly newly acquired Foxtrot Aerial Maintenance Facility, which has six large bays for 777 aircraft in Kansas City, Missouri. 
they'll do all the refurbishing of these aircraft in the cargo. Wow. And then there are eight 777-200s extra range that are going into Eastern Airlines commercial fleet. Hmm. So you should have uh, those eight. So you just should have the, the 10 767s and eight 777s, which would equal the 18. But that's still quite a few aircraft. If you have those at either New York or Miami, that's almost a whole concourse there with even nine of them. The 777s are so large. And Wooly uh, didn't stop there. He went out and bought Florida Modification Specialists. They do the interior of the aircraft. And um, they'll be doing also on the 777s and also on the commercial jets and um, on the uh, on, on jets of other fleets like Swift, uh, owned by the iAereo Group. Swift has the license, but iAereo owns Swift. It's rather complicated there. Eastern operates from Boston, JFK, New York, Miami, Florida. It's foreign airports they've retrenched to Ecuador, Paraguay, Uruguay, Brazil. Supposed to be up next is Argentina, and after that, Bolivia. Argentina is still waiting to open due to covid and um, Bolivia, I don't think, is a good entry point because Air Boliviana would just, uh, it's state-owned, and so they would lower their prices to almost nothing to try and keep Eastern out. Mm-hmm. Anything into San Juan, Mark? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. But I've been looking at that and going, the, the one I would do, personally, is Boston. I mean, New York is flooded, and, of course, it has the largest um, Puerto Rican population. But Boston has a good, heavy Puerto Rican population as well. And Mm -hmm. so why not take a 762 out of there and run that down to um, San Juan and then also two days a week in the the Ponce, Puerto Rico, because there's no service in the Ponce. And. Even if you're not uh, Puerto Rican, it's a great vacation destination. But it still, unfortunately, is um, uh, what is it? The, the CDC has it as rated as a, a three, as a danger area to go, sort of like the United mm-hmm. States. Mm-hmm. Whereas destinations like Hamburg, um, Croatia, Croatia, Georgia. Those are all category COVID rated number one. So they're really good destinations to go to. And um, they could go to Sarajevo now, which is a category one. And they could go to Romania now, which is a category one. And I think those, those European places are very good if you leave from Chicago and New York. Uh, a lot of people would like to go there on vacation, even though those that do not have family. I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. You know, Mark, uh, uh, those countries, that you, some of those countries you just mentioned, our listeners, every week to our radio show, uh, you just mentioned Romania. Romania, we've had listeners now for over a month uh, each week, and Serbia and some of the other countries hmm. that you mentioned. So uh, uh, maybe, maybe maybe they're getting the news now from you. But I want to say that I used to fly at Dell 1011 from Chicago to San Juan, and uh, the night special and mm-hmm. back, uh, you know, San Juan to Chicago. We filled uh, mm-hmm. 10-11s up uh, yeah. every time we ever mm-hmm. flew either direction. Any plans you about doing that space. from Chicago to? You didn't, you didn't have any space. I, yeah. I got stuck in, I was 16 years old, and I got stuck in San Juan coming up from South America. And I had, you know, flying, flying Eastern, and every morning, standby. Every morning I yeah. go to these five L-1011, 500s, five of them to get on, yeah. five of them, and I Full. couldn't get out. Yeah. And on the fifth day, I had $2 left, <laughs> and I remember this beautiful brown-eyed girl sat down next to me, but I only had $2, and 
So I went up to the Pan Am desk, and I asked them if they'd call my dad in Buenos Aires, Argentina. And so they said, okay, but you have to foot the bill. I said, okay. But he was calling, and we knew the Pan Am manager down there. So the Pan Am manager had to throw someone off a plane in uh, Spain, I think it was Madrid, that was coming into (laughs) San Juan to free up a seat for Mark Porter (laughs) so that I could get to Miami because I had no money left. So Pan Am gives me this, I think it was $100 or something, and they said, okay, here's your hotel room for the night because we don't want you sleeping on the airport anymore. And I was like, okay, thanks. You know, and I was my first good meal. But, you know, when you're a kid, you do all this hitchhiking stuff. But I remember the five L1011, five of them, huge. Yeah. And you couldn't get out. So that's why I go, I think Eastern is missing a big boat here because they're, and I get calls from San Juan all the time too, from people. And on my PA Coastal Airways Planners route page on Facebook, people saying, why doesn't Eastern come into San Juan? Because their name is still remembered in the old guard. And I think that if if they did just a half, half, you know, job, I think people would join them just for their memories and the loyalty. Because remember, Latins are very loyal. And so if you yeah. treat them kind of right, they will fly <laughs> your product. Well, and, uh, that's, uh, that's good news about Eastern. And I see we've got some callers here. Let's see, area code 516. Is that George, Jen? That's me, Neil. How you doing? Hey, good to hear your voice. How you been? Yeah, well, I got back in time today. <laughs> Good to have you always. Uh, what do you think about Mark's report on the new Eastern 3.0? Yeah, yeah, I heard it. Uh, it sounds pretty good, you know. Well, is uh, Mike on here today? Mike, I'm are here. You still? Yeah, you're still here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mike. Yeah, how come you get busy at one o'clock on a Monday? One o'clock in the afternoon on Monday. What could you be doing? You're not going to church. <laughs> yeah, I actually was in church a long time. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to play another song, and we can gather our thoughts again, and perhaps we can question uh, Mark some more about the new Eastern or talk about one of my favorite airplanes. And uh, so let's see what I've got here on the turntable. Uh, we just heard uh, uh, Johnny Lee with uh, Looking for Love. Well, let's see about this one. I think you'll like this one. She's 
Great song, great song. Yeah. In the 80s, in the 80s. Good, well, a good uh, time. any <laughs> questions for Mark about the Eastern? Yeah, Mark, uh, I had a question uh, on, this, on the cargo doors for these triple uh, sevens. Mm. <clears throat> Is there any? Uh, uh, do you have any idea what it, uh, what it, uh, what the time frame is for converting one each airplane? I know that they uh, down in uh, in Jacksonville they were doing 757 cargo doors at uh, at uh, Flightstar maintenance facility mm-hmm. where we used to take our airplane and it was a big mm-hmm. quite a big to do though they were in there for months at a time mm-hmm. so I was wondering about the triple seven. That's a very good question. 2023. Yeah. Okay. 2023. The, in the what 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 do you mean? The mean? To get them that's all done, the, or the, that's when? Oh, that's when? Yeah, yeah. That's wow. when the cargo the cargo doors, right? Uh, and yes, in the meantime, yeah. you uh, in the belly, you know, the belly has larger doors, um, but um, the belly and then the, the eBay stuff, which is usually small packages, um, the but the containers will go in the belly. Uh, up above, it has to go through the passenger door. Yeah. Hmm. So we have a plane that, and passenger-wise, I'll just say passenger-wise to give people an idea, will hold 385 passengers. Hmm. So imagine you take all those seats out, all the bathrooms out, everything like that. Imagine all that space on the upper deck. Yeah. It's huge. It yeah. is. It's huge. And it's restricted you know? only and by the uh, maximum takeoff gross weight, I guess. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, because they're well, they're you're not adding they're not adding special engines to these aircraft either, or landing gear or anything. So yeah. that's why it's e e commerce. It has so it has to be sort of like the weight of cargo and passengers. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't. Uh, go ahead. Did Mark. I make myself clear? I don't know. Yeah. No, I was I was getting when we were talking about the triple seven cargo door. Somehow I had in my mind that they were going to put a regular cargo door in the side of the fuselage, but uh, and, mm-hmm. and that's very lengthy and very costly. But what you're saying mm-hmm. about it, it's like some of the other airplanes that they have, like on the DC eight, they used to call them uh, uh, PFs, which was passenger freight. So anything that you could right. uh, put through the front <laughs> door, you didn't have to fool around with the upper lobe of the airplane. Is that right. why this they is had called a... P? This is called P2F. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is that why they had to have a stick on the tail end uh, to keep the uh, the uh, airplane from striking the rear end when they loaded the freight? 
Remember the exactly. DCH? They used to always have that that uh, pole mm-hmm. that. Uh, yeah, I don't know how they mounted it, but uh, it was always interesting to see. Well, um, I was I was taxiing an airplane, a 727, from Hangar 9 to, to Easton's Terminal one night. And it was a seaboard uh, DC-8 freighter that was taxiing. I'm not sure where he was going. I think he was going for takeoff, and he still had the pole hanging off the back of the, the airplane. <laughs> so we call up ground control and tell Seaboard they still got their steadying post hanging on the back of the airplane. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so they had to turn around and go back. <laughs> I don't know how they missed that. I wonder who's the engineer on that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember seeing an Eastern Airlines plane take off on Eastern 3.0, right? And as, well, not take off as it's as taxiing, and control tower comes on, and control tower says, Eastern, your starboard light isn't working. And the captain goes, okay, I'll tell my mate to this guy. <laughs> I right. was dying with laughter. I mean, the guy's continuing to taxi. He's telling the maintenance guy who's on board the aircraft. I'm going to go, well, what good does that do? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Uh-huh. Uh, just, just like Captain Neal said one time, he's and I think he said you were at Kennedy in a 727, and there was yeah. a Pan Am 707 uh, in yeah. front of you there, and a Seek Seagull landed on the on the wing. <laughs> yeah, it was. Really? Yeah, they were getting ready to take off, and uh, we were number one behind him, and I think he was going somewhere over to Europe, and the Seagull was on his wing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, it didn't take long down the runway before the gull departed the airplane. <laughs> oh, I'll bet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was look. I I I love to look up stats, and I go uh, every week to CDC um, to see what their take is on places. And you have Poland, for example, has a huge population in Chicago. And rather big in uh, New York area. But no one flies to Krakow. Why not? Hmm. No one. And, and Krakow is the second largest city, and it's next to the ski resort. So why not make a plane that is like winter skiing and fly people from Chicago and JFK on one plane to, uh, to Krakow? I just find these facts, you know, interesting. And Hamburg, hmm. there's no one going in there. And, um yeah, Romania, there's no one going in there. Sarajevo, no one. I mean, those are good destinations. And then if you, you always wonder how the CIA gets their information, well, they've got these advanced things. You know, Mr. Mark here has a little teeny iPhone he's working on. <laughs> and I type up, like, uh, where do Dominicans live in the United States? Well, it pops up everything. So it'll say that you have 872,000 that live in New York, 301,000 that live in New Jersey. So just that New York, New Jersey area is full of them, which is wild because then that makes Santa Domingo or Santiago a great destination for Dominican-Americans. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about Puerto Rico. Well, New York has 1 million, New Jersey 434,000, Florida 847,000, Pennsylvania 366,000, Connecticut 252,000, Massachusetts, 266,000. If I were Eastern, I would put a jet in Providence, right between the two. Mm-hmm. It's an hour from either one. And you'd, you'd have 500 and some thousand that have access to an Eastern jet going to Puerto Rico. Yeah. Sounds like it makes sense. Yeah. I used yeah. to love to hear. I used to love to hear the stories the flight attendants would uh, would tell about uh, the Puerto Ricans flying uh, whatever they could stuff into their bags uh, back to mm-hmm. these uh, American cities, uh, Chicago and New York and all. And I love that story about the chicken that uh, this one lady had <laughs> stuffed in her bag, a, a live chicken <laughs> that she was that taking was, back. That was lunch. <laughs> but, but, yeah. But they're also so appreciative of the pilots for getting them there safely. Yeah. And they really express it. You know, they all clap as the landing and everything. And yeah. They're they're very polite people. Yeah. Well, uh, I want to change the subject and uh, ask George Jen. 
George, you got anything on the press about to come be released? Uh, no, Neil, not yet. Nothing definitive, but uh, hopefully before the end of the year, uh, my next book will be out. It's uh, completed. Now, you know, the hard part begins, but it should be out before the end of the year. Okay. And uh, you did have a recover, and you redid the uh, Flying Too Close to the Sun, didn't you? you yes, us. yes, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, you'll say that's a good book. It sounds interesting. Oh, it is a great book. Yeah, you ought to get that uh, and read it. Uh, anyone listening, mm-hmm. it's available what on Amazon now, uh, George? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, you can get it on Amazon or on um, blackrosewriting.com or on my website, georgegen.com. Excellent. Very good. All right, another song yeah. here. You'll love this song, and then we'll... I'll tell you about my favorite airplane, one of my favorites. Well, I love a rainy night. I love a rainy night. I love to hear the thunder. Watch the lightning when it lights up the sky. You know it makes me feel good. Well, I love a rainy night. Such a beautiful sight. I love to feel the rain on my face. Face the rain on my lips. In the moonlight shadows. Showers wash all my cares away. I wake up to a sunny day. Cause I love a rainy night. Yeah, I love a rainy night. Well, I love a I love a rainy night, I love to hear the thunder, watch the lightning when it lights up the sky, you know it makes me feel good. Well, I love a rainy night, it's such a beautiful sight, I love to feel the rain on my face, taste the rain on my lips, in the moonlight shadows. But the song you miss part of mine But the smile on my face every time Cause I love a rainy night Yeah, I love a rainy night Ooh, I love a rainy night Yeah, I love a rainy St. Augustine area the last few weeks, and uh, it looks like uh, we've got some storms moving into Texas and then going northeast across the lower part of the country and coming out the Atlantic Ocean side, I guess. I don't know what the last storm that uh, they've got in the Gulf of Mexico now. Anybody remember the name? Depression? Mm, No. Can't recall it. I forgot it starts with an M. Is it Mindy or uh, at any rate, uh, 
they got one that uh, they say it's going to hit the Texas coast. It's a depression. I think that's all. Hopefully that it will be, but it's going to it's going to pour out a lot of rain in the area that surely doesn't need rain. But um, you know, uh, mentioning one of my favorite airplanes, uh, prop airplanes, has got to be the most beautiful airplane ever to carry a, a propeller. And um, of course, that would be the Lockheed Constellation. Eston Fuller sent me a story from uh, uh, about a mechanic that uh, tells a story about maintaining the airplanes that uh, were grounded in Kansas City and the MCI airport there, the Mid-Continent International, and uh, being a, a mechanic doing the maintenance uh, and for people that were buying those Connies after they were grounded. And the jets, of course, um, came on the scene. And and uh, But a wonderful airplane for the time. And so I thought maybe we'll do a story about the Connie, as it's mm-hmm. uh, affectionately known as. Uh, any of you guys mm-hmm. work or fly a Constellation? George, you never did, did you? Or no, Mike? I did not. Yeah, like we had Mike mentioned did. earlier, I, I did a little work on them at Kennedy there when they used to come in once in a while, just uh, turnaround type stuff. Yeah, I, I remember that airplane. We kept one airplane in the fleet, I believe, to what you said earlier, to haul engines back and forth. Yeah, they used to. They had the big cargo door in the back, and they used to run JT8s uh, back and forth from Miami. Or bring them up to Kennedy for uh, to keep because, you know, we had the 1011 engine shop uh, at Kennedy, but the DCE uh, the the JT8 engine shop, of course, the overhaul was done in Miami, so they used to fly the engines up. So we had spares sitting around for the uh, DC9 and the 727, depending on the QECs for the engine position. So we used to get involved uh, loading and unloading them. And they used to have the great big huge cement block that they used to put on the uh, hook onto the nose, so when they were, <laughs> so that the airplane <laughs> wouldn't tip. Like we were talking about the pole on the DC-8, this had a big yeah. cement block. It must have weighed ten thousand pounds or whatever, or more than that, I think. <laughs> well, here's a here's a trivia question for you guys. You remember the Eastern airplanes that uh, were flying the shuttle, and uh, very popular, and. Uh, we had to carry freight, uh, an attachment in the belly of the airplane. Do you remember what that was called? The speed pack was it? I a the speed name pack, it. yeah, speed pack, yeah. yeah. And uh, but that airplane started out as a what an L forty nine, and it grew to a, a sixteen forty nine, and they kept stretching it. Uh, it seems like yeah. every couple of years they'd stretch and put another ten feet section onto it. And uh, yeah. but but as far as design work and uh, the Lockheed folks, uh, I think Kelly Johnson was also is that his name? And the stuck yeah. work, yeah. He had a lot to do with the design of that airplane. Of course, Howard Hughes um, right. really actually got the the, the Super G, the 1049, rolling, and uh, TWA was the first one that ordered 35 of them and kept them to himself uh, until they got 35. That was the agreement with Lockheed. And uh, then Eastern Airlines was the first one, I believe, to fly the 1049 Connie C, the C Connie, Super C. Yeah. And, uh, but it was a great airplane in the air. Wonderful. Super yeah. airplane. I love turboprop. Yeah. Yeah, my dad you, you like your... all, the, all the different counties for Eastern when he was there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you feel like you're flying on the turboprop. Yeah, well, that's not a turboprop now. A turboprop, we're talking no, about no. a jet engine with a propeller. is a turbo. But it, it did have a recover. Uh, what do you call it, recovery turbine? PR, uh, PRTs, yeah. PRT. Power return, yeah. Yeah, power recovery, power recovery turbine. turbine. Yeah, that was it. PRTs. They actually did and, build a couple of, uh, of of constellations that had turboprop engines on them, but they didn't. Did uh, they? they didn't. Uh, they were experimental. It must have been the military that operated those. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. 
but they had a large fleet, the military, and as well as uh, a lot of airlines flying that airplane. But uh, at any rate, we'll do a show on that. It was a great airplane. Yeah. Well, about that time to hear Merle Haggard uh, take us out of here, but uh, great conversation. Mm -hmm. Mark, thank you so much for giving us a a very good report on, and things are happening so fast with the new Eastern. Mm -hmm. It's not derogatory to use the word 3.0, is it, of the Eastern 3.0? I don't know, but they 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 take they take such great pride in the original Eastern, and they even have it on their website. You know, all the way back to 1928. Is that right? Yeah. So they, they 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 they're very proud of the of where their what name they're flying. Um yeah. So I guess what gets me is when people belittle them because I'm sitting there going, they could have picked the airline, you know, to fly or anything, and they wouldn't have had to deal with problems of people picking on them because they're uh, a different Eastern variant. Um, well, anyway. you know, we, we were there when Ed Weagle started uh, 2.0 and mm-hmm. the 1.0 crowd were really rooting for Ed to be successful with the um, Eastern bringing it out and mm-hmm. flying Eastern brand across the skies again. And I just don't, Ed or, what's his name, Wooly, are taking advantage of, it's probably too late now to take advantage of the uh, Eastern or 1.0 employees. They never did really let oh, them in, right. let them in, which mm-hmm. I think was a big mistake on. Ed Weagle's part. I think that's begin. I think th- I think that's beginning to happen, but um, um, I, I don't think it's happening fast enough. I, yeah. I think uh, I think they're trying to worry about uh, maintaining uh, the purchases and the expansion, and because a lot now is happening behind the scenes that people don't see uh, every day, um, but. Now, a year ago, American Airlines manager reported to me that he was worried about Eastern Airlines. I said, why? They have eight aircraft. He goes, yeah, but they got $300 million from the Japanese on Alta holding. So mm-hmm. that was the beginning right there, the 300 That was before the $285 million from the United States government for DOD. That would take it up to $585 million. So they said as long as Eastern doesn't come into our territory, South America – we're fine. Well, that was Eastern's first choice, South America. So imagine how big American is, and they're being threatened by 10 little airplanes yeah. because they have such huge funding. So American knew something that not even I could see then. Mm. But if you have that much money, you can buy anything. So, yeah. true. And since they're private, they could fly to <clears throat> Ecuador for 50 bucks round trips and don't have mm-hmm. to report to anyone like American does. Yeah. Well, to use old Eastern One people, I guess uh, at, at, at any rate, they would have to rename it anyway. They'd have to call it Fossil Airlines. <laughs> <laughs> they better That's hurry up funny. if they're going if they're going to do that because not many of us left the old Eastern One Point Zero people. <laughs> well, I hear the music. I hear the music somewhere. Silver wings somewhere. are coming. Somewhere, if I can hit the right button, I don't know why it's not. It's not taking. I got one of these screens here that, uh, hmm, there it goes. Come on, Merle, sing your song. But uh, it's been good talking today, and thanks for calling in, uh, you folks that uh, did all the talking, most of the talking. I'll shut up and listen to uh, Merle Haggard sing Silver Wings, beautiful song that he wrote uh, flying in an airliner and catching a glimpse of an airplane passing, the sun glistening on the wings, and he was inspired by that to sing this song. See you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. Silver wings Slowly fading out of sight Don't leave me I cry, don't take 
But you locked me out of your mind And left me standing here behind Silver wings Shining in the sunlight Roaring engines Headed somewhere in flight They're taking you away Leaving me lonely Silver wings Slowly fading out of sight guys next week thanks a lot okay chalks in okay <laughs> okay <Neil. laughs> bye mike See you. thanks mark hello bye-bye sure